Hey there, Scott here from the Success Story Podcast. Today, you're going to hear me on the Revenue Collective Podcast. Revenue Collective is one of the largest organizations focused on uh, sales and marketing executives, bringing in this community of sales and marketing executives, talking strategy, resources, insights, whatever, just basically providing some support for people that build out sales and marketing organizations and teams. I speak with Brandon, who hosts this, the Revenue Collective Podcast, and we speak about outbound sales strategy, things that I've used in my own organization uh, throughout my own career, but also things Things that um, as an individual contributor, as somebody who's trying to find new leads or to prospect or to close deals, these are things that I've done myself that I eventually end up teaching over to the sales reps that uh, that work for me. So let's go into outbound sales. I hope you'll get something from this. You'll be able to include some stuff from this in your own sales playbook. Uh, that's the Revenue Collective podcast. Go check it out. And here's uh, about a half an hour clip of me on their show. All right, we are here with Scott Clary. I'm so excited to have you on, man. He is the uh, SVP of Sales and Marketing at Excite M. Uh, he is an avid, avid podcaster himself with his own pod. You got to plug that right up front. But uh, really pumped to have you on, man. Thank you, thank you. I'm excited to get into this. Let's uh, let's go into it. We got a uh, we got 15 minutes to go through everything. So I want to keep it short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, look, um, uh, we we you know it's all meat, no filler, as you just said. Tell everyone yeah. what role you're in. Include the podcast because it's really great. And tell us how you got there. Cool. Um, so full-time, you know, nine to five job is uh, sales and marketing. So I head that up at Excitem. Excitem is an OEM, an affiliate of Grass Valley. We produce all SaaS products for Grass Valley's target customer base, which is enterprise or broadcast customers. So um, we do everything from audience engagement. If you're ever watching American Idol, text in to vote. That would be our software. Uh, we do a lot wow. of live streaming tech. Um, we do a lot of uh, virtual events as well for companies because we have that audience engagement plus video delivery. So um, that's where I'm working right now. Uh, I head up, you know, I'm almost like entrepreneur on residence. So I do I wear many hats between sales and marketing, jumping on demos, strategy, um, hiring and onboarding, um, take to market strategy, uh, you know, a little bit of product marketing as well. So a lot of different things, um, which is kind of why I got the role and why I was, uh, I was excited about the role. Sure. Uh, you mentioned the podcast as well. So Success Story Podcast, where I interview incredible um, individuals, unpack their playbooks, their life, like basically how they got to where they are. So, you know, I'm going to plug that so you can go check it out. But um, that's, you know, my background was always in sales. Um, individual contributor, worked in large telco in Canada, Bell Canada, similar to Verizon, AT&T in the States. Um, right. Worked my way up through retail, all the way through the SMB, mid and then enterprise, left. Uh, worked uh, as a as a enterprise sales, basically at another telco called Digicom. Um, but that was when I had my first uh, sales leadership opportunity. Um, after that, that company exited to private venture capital. And then I left, did consulting for about two and a half, three years. And then I went back to work for somebody, work for somebody, which is where I'm at right now at Grass Valley. Nice. Nice. And yeah. what, like, did you know out of, you know, I would say a lot of people maybe today are, are, are leaving school and understanding they want to be in sales, but yeah. maybe back when you did it, that was more rare. Did you know you wanted to be in sales? I mean, telecom sales doesn't exactly ring as the, the, the most, um, you know, amazing thing you want to do day one out of school, but, uh, you know, tell me about it. Yeah, for sure. So my back, all, my entire family are police or law enforcement. Um, nice. I was supposed to go into law enforcement, but I wanted to take a step further. So actually I was doing pre-law in my undergrad sort of setting myself up for law school. Um, at the time, making money selling cell phones, internet in retail was the most money you could really make as a student. 
maybe outside of like waitressing or or waiting or whatnot or bartending. So I was making good money. We're not, we're not going to my, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, no, No, so, so I was working, I was working, it was my first sales job really. Um, And I was making good money. I was good at it. I, 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 I'm like, you know, I'm a nerd at heart. So like it came pretty easy for me because I think that uh, when you got a little bit more technical, like sort of where I differentiated myself was like um, fixing problems that customers had. Um, that were more technical in nature, which ended up, you know, landing me sales and landing me deals. And I didn't really understand. I didn't connect the dots. I was kind of acting as like a quasi sales engineer at a retail level at that point. Um, but it worked really well and I was good at it. And I was personable, you know, I was, you know, like outgoing and all those things that yeah. seem to sort of vibe with like that natural, natural salesperson that has no idea actually why they're, you know, what they're doing and why it's working, but it seems to work. Um, and then I, I kept going, I kept, so when I was in university, I moved into small market. So like it was still B2B, but it was small business. Um, and I was doing well there as I finished my undergrad, I'm like, I have two options. I can either go into law school, which is another five years of school. Um, or I can double down on what I'm doing now. And I basically said, I'll give myself five years. I'll give myself five years, see how I do in sales. And and sort of like working up the private corporate ladder, because, again, whole families in law enforcement, none of my family was really in private at that time, yeah. like like, yeah. you know, father, grandfather, um, they were not in private enterprise. So even that was a stretch for me. Forget entrepreneurship, software, all this stuff was like very different from what my family was used to. Um, so I just I sort of like kept doing it and kept every year moving into a, a different market, a bigger market, more responsibility, more revenue, higher targets and, you know, president's club making yeah. awesome bonuses. Um, you know, the commission was great. So I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is awesome. Um, and I, and I, I, I stuck with it till I was dealing with like, you know, fortune 500 fortune 100 clients. Um, and that, that that's actually at the point where I wanted to be strategic and actually move into sales leadership, which is why I left a larger company where I felt like there was a slower pro like a slower progression to, to yes. move through the ranks between manager, director, I wanted to get into that leadership role and get that experience like mid twenties. Yes. So then I moved into a smaller telco where I had that opportunity. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, you, yeah. You, after, after you taste the success of sales, then yeah. it's immediate to go like, let me go have a big impact at a VC backed company, go from small to big. I love that. By the way, uh, my father's a police officer from New York city. My mom's a nurse. I, like I under, I understand this, this journey, man. Cause um, yeah. I, you know, I even talked to them today about stuff that I'm doing in my, in my company bite. And it's, it's a little bit, it's a foreign to them. <laughs> like it's you strange. Said, it's super strange. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then you talk about entrepreneurship and selling software and, and, and I was doing some consulting and working for my own company at the, at, for a bit. And it's all like, Whoa, what, what the hell are you doing, Scott? But like, I love it. I yeah. love it. And I've never looked back really. Love it, man. Well, look, um, it, it takes hard work and luck to get to where you are. Um, give us a, you're, you're talking a little bit about the hard work we can hear. I can hear it in the way you progress through your career. Any stories on luck or hard work that you'd want to highlight? Yeah. So the first time I moved into true sales leadership, like I've held team lead roles before when I was working in like big telco. But, um, when I was working at the smaller telco, I was hired on as an account executive. Um, basically uh, two, three months into working there, the director who hired me left for salesforce.com. So there was an open opportunity. It was not supposed to be going to me, but I took initiative. Um, I put together a pitch deck. I put together a one, three, five year plan for the sales and marketing organization. I was just putting together where I wanted to take them, basically yes. learning from any resource that I had because I hadn't had any actual experience doing it at that point. 
yeah. presented it to the uh, owner of the company. It was an owner-operated company, um, as well as the director of sales when he was on his way out. And I, that was my first sales leadership role. So they, they moved me into that role because I took that initiative, put together this deck. I've never done anything so ballsy in my career ever, um, and it paid off. So nice. it was like right time, right place. Like who would have thought I would have been hired right when a director was on his way out? That wasn't really it worked out well and and i took advantage of it and it and it paid off so that's, that's awesome. it was like the first it was, it was a cool story i got, i, I like that story a lot and also it's because it's the first time i realized that if i actually just want something obviously there's a, a lot of layers to this but you take enough steps and this was actually you know very easy like i wanted this i did a presentation i put in the research and the effort and it was presented to me that's very nice. It doesn't always happen so easily, but it was a taste of like, if you want it, just take it, just get it and find the way, find the steps you got to take to get to where you want to be. And if yeah. you action on those, even if it's short or long-term, like it, it ends up working out. It's, yeah. it's, it's just baby way, steps, right? Yeah. It sounds so silly, but like the worst that can happen is they say no, but like, Hey, you learned a lot and you showed initiative. Yeah. And the next time that something interesting comes up, they, they'll come back and be like, man, that's Scott. Like, he understood how to put a business plan together, right? Um, they know what you're looking at. Like, unless you're working for a .org, everybody in your organization wants to make more money. Figure out a way yeah. to do it that aligns with what you want to do and pitch it. I love that, man. That's great. Yeah. Well, look, um, you you talk to so many amazing leaders, so I'm, I'm hoping you drop some value here. Don't go nuts on me, but what is, what's a tactic that, that you think that people should do in their everyday life in sales and or marketing? Um, okay. You can use one, two, you know. So for this, um, yes, I speak to a lot of amazing leaders who have a lot of amazing people that I've learned from over my career. And I'm going to talk about something that I do because I, I also manage and lead sales individuals today. Yeah. Um, so this is obviously, you know, some of my experience plus people that I've learned from. Sure. Um, probably some of the people that, you know, from some of the people that you've probably spoken to and some of the people that, uh, that you know, Sam um, has spoken to on Sales Hacker as well. Those are sort yeah. of the people that I grew up with and that I listened to and learned from. So uh, sales and marketing alignment. So let's talk about um, how to align sales and marketing in terms of social selling and why you should be social selling and how to do it. We're yeah. going to do this briefly. There's a lot of nuances to this, but I want to outline what I do right now. So we're talking about an outbound campaign. You're identifying your ideal customer profile, your buyer persona. You're going to be, you know, seven to 15 touch points in a B2B environment, give or take across email, phone and LinkedIn. Now, when you do those touch points, um, a couple of ways to optimize those outbound touch points, um, you're going to use, of course, you're going to personalize everything. But the two two or the two, um, I guess, strategies that I use for the actual content is pattern disruption and why you why now pattern disruption, if I'm not mistaken, comes from Aaron Ross. Uh, why you why now comes from Jeff Hoffman. Pattern disruption just means you're sending out an email that's personalized, but it's saying something along the lines of, for a first email in a cadence, um, is this the right individual to speak to about marketing technology? Is this the right person to speak to about, uh, you know, automating your sales process? Very succinct to the point, hyper personalized because it's it's talking about something that that person who you're reaching out to that that buyer persona should be responsible for but you're not going into a pitch you're not making it a pitch you're just breaking the monotony of of the different types of emails they're going to be getting from all the other sales reps because yeah. all the other sales reps are coming with these wordy lengthy pitches you're doing a one-liner straight to the point they it's a it's almost like um 
They recognize your authority in being able to deliver such a to-the-point question, and it, it does really differentiate from everything else that they're getting. It almost in the, in garners box. respect, right? It's almost like, yes. all right, I'm not. Yes. Let me just respond. Exactly, and that's what you want. You want to get the conversation started because, like, the most difficult thing to do in sales is to get a conversation started. So, with that pattern disruption, um, what happens is they'll either say, "No, I'm not the person. This is the person," or they'll confirm that they are truly the person that's responsible for this particular thing you're trying to sell them. Yeah. And that's when you can kick off the conversation. So that's one thing that I use, and I'm going to tie this back to social selling as well. Um, that's one thing that I use uh, for email and LinkedIn outreach for an initial touch point. And then I'll also use a why you, why now? So why you, why now is something that was done by Jeff Hoffman. Um, he also has his own sales podcast. Sure. What that is, is it's basically an email that discusses why I'm reaching out to you and why is there a, a meaningful event in your, your company's life cycle that justifies me reaching out to you about the product that I'm trying to sell? So I would follow up with a pattern disruption email with a why you, why now? Um, this is a very, 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 um, uh, a very useful sales strategy because, again, it's all about personalization. It's tying that individual's job role and something that's happening in that company's life cycle to what you're selling. So they know that it's not automated. They know that it's not bullshit. They know that you've done your research. So when you send that why you why now email, um, it's a very with, and then you can of, of course include all the other components. So you want to have like a strong CTA or call to action in that email as well. Yeah. Um, it sort of checks the boxes as to what a decision maker would like to respond to that mm -hmm. answers all their questions without them even having to reach out to you or jump on a call. Right. So right. it makes sense. So anyway, so that's, so that's sort of like the two, the first two touch points in a sequence or a campaign across email or LinkedIn. Um, of course, then uh, you want to, you know, call them. Um, I'm not going to get too much into this because each different component can have a whole bunch of yeah. strategies and tactics behind it. Um, but when you're doing this type of outreach, then you want to bring it back to your social profile, your presence, your brand, and what you're doing with your brand, especially when you're selling on LinkedIn, you are building out your LinkedIn profile like a web page. What I mean by that is you have a header that shows a picture of what you do or what your company does. You have your value prop or unique selling proposition, uh, telling people exactly what you do in that little in, that little box. It gives you a few characters to, to speak about um, what you know, what your job title is, sure. put a little bit more in so people know what you're doing. And then as you go down your profile, um, you can actually put some copy, put some text in, then we'll have a call to action asking people to reach out to you for this solution or that solution or this product or that product. And then you're also aligning that, that messaging that you are basically building your LinkedIn profile around with um, the content that you're putting out. So the content that you're putting out is answering questions that, that remember that ICP and that buyer persona that we first identified that we're doing our cold outbound to would be asking. So now you have your outbound aligning with your social media profile on LinkedIn. So you have this outbound machine that is leading people to look at your LinkedIn, that your LinkedIn has now identified you as an authority in you know, this particular topic area or this particular industry. And it's the LinkedIn profile is now optimized in a way that, that it will actually convert and, and act as almost like an inbound tool as well. So 
That's you got, you it, got, the, never mind a tactic. You just put a, <laughs> you put like a like ten of them together and just dude. Like, I went at like a million miles a minute. So I really hope <laughs> this is like I try. This is I, I'm actually doing a webinar on this in a couple of weeks with another with another peer, and it's like a two hour webinar. And I just tried to summarize everything I'm talking about because it's off of like, mind. This might go up. This might go up after the webinar. So if we, if yeah. we do, we'll, we'll we'll link to the webinar when we get this up. Um, if, if it's something you can share, because that, that of would course, be yeah. for people that are interested. Um, well, look, when I walk you, you through that, does that make sense? Is there points that need clarification? Because I can go into detail, but I just want to make sure from a, a you know, from, from a, a third party. Level, from a high level, it does. Let's let's leave a little meat on the bone for the webinar. I, I, All I, right. Sounds good. <laughs> sounds so good. Look, uh, we're, we're in the uh, we're in the fa- the, uh, the the fast zone of, of the uh, podcast, uh, the quick fire questions, if you will. So uh, what's yeah. the key position you're hiring for? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always hiring for sales. And the reason why I say that is because I will always hire anybody for a sales position if they show that they're tenacious, uh, they have grit, and they're curious. And cool. they just, it doesn't matter because I found incredible salespeople that don't come from sales roles. As long as they have the right personality trait, trait excuse me, sales can be taught. I'm a cool. firm believer that sales can be taught if you have the right personality. Love it. And then uh, who do you follow for content? Who, who, who uh, inspires you from a content side? Yeah. Um, so for marketing, it's Seth Godin. I think he's an incredible marketer. Um, and for sales, um, a lot of people will, uh, this will resonate with a lot of people, Mark Roberge um, yeah. from HubSpot. Like he's, uh, you know, he's kind of the, the OG in terms of demand gen inbound. And I, and I just, to listen to him speak and, and study how he thinks and how he sort of built this inbound as opposed to outbound um, rev gen machine. It's very, it's very impressive. Yeah. Love that. He, yeah. He's been mentioned a couple of times. So is Seth Godin, who's, who's the goat in so many ways. Uh, yeah. All right. So who, who else, uh, who are the kind of like colleagues or up and comers, if you will, who are doing some cool stuff that we should know about? Yeah. So I'm again, big fan of social selling. And I think that if you want to learn how to do social properly, don't look at businesses, look at individuals that are killing it. And what I mean by that is there's somebody that's great on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and study from them, study their examples. Anyways, the people that I follow. um, So at M Kobach or Matthew Kobach on Twitter, he does a great job of community building on Twitter. Um, Justin Welsh on LinkedIn is killing it on LinkedIn. He has a great following and he, and he, it's just, they know how to use the platform properly. So if you want to learn how to use Twitter well for business, go to go to this person. You want to use LinkedIn, look and study, for example, Justin. And then on Instagram, the only person that I've ever seen really do Instagram well for B2B is at the Chris Doe or Chris Doe. Um, He's awesome at Instagram for B2B. Cool. Well, I just had Justin on the the pod and and really uh, learned a lot from him and and, and what he's uh, and what he's up to. All right. Well, look, all this stuff is cool and all, but um, it doesn't feed us. I want to know <laughs> where I should eat. All right. Um, so the best uh, the best place that I've ever eaten at, um, right now I'm in Toronto, Canada, cool. um, but I was basically born and raised in Ottawa. Um, and Ottawa has an incredible Middle Eastern Lebanese population. They have the best shawarmas in the world, like literally Ooh. the world. And I will debate anybody in the world on that. Um <laughs> I've never seen a better, I've, I've been overseas. I've been everywhere in the States. They don't have better Middle Eastern food or shawarma. So if you ever go to Ottawa, Canada, um, go to Shawarma Palace. They have three franchise locations, um, all family operated. 
and it's the best damn uh, food you'll ever eat in your life. No lie. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah. Well, Scott, this is great. We, we left a little yeah. bit on the bone for part two or for your uh, webinar upcoming. Cool. Uh, thank you so much for joining. So great to have you. My pleasure, man. Thanks a lot for having me. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. 
This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much, Indeed, for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 